Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to this conversation. This is Cindy Silva, and I'm here hosting space to talk with Carl Franklin about his new book called Earth's Ascension, Nibiru and the Spirit Realm. I'm just really delighted to be having this conversation with Carl. It's been a while since we've done this, and I'm just really happy that you accepted the invitation, Carl. Thank you for being here. Well, thank you, Cindy. I appreciate being here, too. Great. So for those that are not familiar with Carl, I'll give a brief description about where Carl comes from. He's a, a really deep vein in the metaphysical world, and uh, I've always appreciated having him as an ally and a resource on the path for many years. Um I think I've known Carl and his beautiful wife, Orchard, for at least, gosh, I want to say 15 years now. And uh, combined, I think they must have at least 80 years' experience together on this path. So it's a a wealth of knowledge and experience that um, is something I'm hoping our listeners will tap into. So as I mentioned, I want to share a little bit about Carl's background with you. He's a metaphysical researcher. He holds a master's degree in theology and psychology. He's also a Coptic minister. While studying for his counseling degree, Carl became interested in utilizing both his conscious and subconscious mind. Practicing self-hypnosis and meditation has allowed Carl to go beyond the five senses. He's a dowser with the ability to communicate with the higher realms, and in his life script readings practice, he's able to tap into the Akashic records of individuals, helping them to remember their life's plan. As an international speaker and workshop presenter, Carl lectures and teaches on various topics such as spiritual parapsychology, the crystal and indigo children, the ascension process, the spiritual realm, our multidimensional selves, and fifth-dimensional Christianity. So Carl is here to answer some of these deeper questions that we have from his own perspective. And one of the things I really have always appreciated about Carl is how he stresses that what he shares is a perspective and only a perspective and also always encourages people to really tap into their own inner knowing and their own perspective as the authority. So with that, Carl, I want to bring you forward and have you share a little bit about your, I know the the big um, work in the world that you're known for are your life script readings. And you have a life script of your own, and I know it has something to do with writing this book and bringing this information to the world So tell us about Earth's Ascension, Nibiru, and the Spirit Realm and how that's connected to your life script in this lifetime. Cindy, um, the last thing in the world I ever wanted to do in this lifetime was write a book. Okay. (laughs) Um, My mind goes so much faster than my hands can move. I do not type, and I'm not a good speller. So... (laughs) I mean, hey, you need all of those qualities if, if, uh, to be strong if you're going to write a book. But it reached the point that, all right, I, I guess I said yes. And the only way I could do it was by using the dragon 
computer program. I'm very much a verbal person, and I dictated the book uh, to the to the Dragon program on the computer. And it doesn't flow smoothly with Dragon because there's and and the number of times of for editing, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I started it in November of 2017, and the book was published in November of 2018. And for uh, anybody, much less a first-time author, to do that whole thing in a year is, well, it's highly unusual. It was it, Normally it takes at least two years minimum. So it, the book was meant to be. And part of the, what motivated me is I wanted to, to share with as many people as were interested uh, what I, for me, is is some truths. Now, that doesn't mean they're truths for everybody else, but it, it's coming from my level of consciousness, my level of understanding. And the the book allowed me to do that. And I particularly wanted to write this for my family members. And I will tell you that, that only one family member, including children, grandchildren, brothers and sisters, is on the metaphysical path. But some of them, I, I'm sure, will be awakening in the time to come. And uh, this will give them some, some background as to what part of their heritage is. Mm. Wow, that's a really noble intention. I didn't know that that was a part of this, so it's really sweet to hear that coming from you. No, well, I've read the book, and um, I'm very pleased that you wrote it and share it, and that uh, I hope many, many more people than just your family will read it because it's very useful and helpful. And I find that whether a person's been on a spiritual journey or not, they can read this book if they're brand new or advanced in their consciousness. There is a lot in here of value. I think that's one of the trickier things to writing a book like this is to allow it to speak to someone who's never been introduced to the concepts as well as speak to people who have been on the path for a while because you you bring in so many different dimensions of this uh, metaphysical journey that I, I was able to put some pieces together that I hadn't put together before and it was you know, really an easy read and it was very comforting and at the same time stretching me um, into some of the territory where my logical mind has some skepticism. You're not afraid to go there and to kind of spell it out in a way that makes it practical and non-threatening. So I appreciate that and I will, you know, reference the inner earth aspect is you know, not a new concept to me, but it's not something I've had direct experience with. And you have, and you talk about your story in there, in the book about meeting an inner earth being, and the message that it, she gave you to share with humanity and our destiny as a planet. And this really um, is, in essence, what your message is about is a timing right now of um, Earth's ascension and what are some of the possibilities of that or probabilities. So 
I'd love to have you speak a little more to that because it does feel like over the years this has been your continual and consistent message and I know that this is your time to bring it. The the overall theme of the book is the ascension and it's not just the ascension of the planet but it is the ascension of individual people on the planet and humanity as a whole. And this involves not just humans, but it involves literally the minerals and the liquids and the gases and and the soil and, and everything uh, that lives here. The over one to two million life forms on the planet all are being impacted. And it's not just the ascension of the earth. There is a... This is speculation on my part, but I I truly feel that the whole universe is going through a shift. I believe that the creator of our universe has made a decision, and it, it's and this is an oversimplification, but the decision I think was the universal creator. When he created this universe, he created it in a manner that all things were possible. Everything possible could be uh, expressed and experienced. And uh, I believe the creator has reached the point in uh, his or her evolvement that they said, uh, I've had enough of the the dark energy of of the... Uh, the killing, the maiming, the, the 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 you know the the greed, the, the self-centeredness, etc. And we're going to diminish that, and we're going to allow those that were functioning at these levels the opportunity to move out of that and to move into higher levels of consciousness. And I believe that this affects not only the Earth but all uh, third. Uh, dimensional planets and and planets that have are not yet seeded with life or at least not do not as yet have advanced life like uh, uh, humanity on it uh, it's going to it's creating a, a, a higher foundation on which the universe is based and it is my feeling that the earth was chosen among the many planets that volunteered that were third-dimensional planets. Uh, the Earth was chosen to host, I'm going to call it a training planet, on, on which the ways in which these other third-dimensional or all third-dimensional planets could go through an exhilarated ascension process. And I believe that the reason that Jesus, now according to the Urantia book, Jesus is the creator of the universe. And uh, one of the stipulations or requirements, if you will, of a universal creator is that they get to know their the universe as well from the inside as they know it from the outside. Well, they, they were outside of the creation of it, okay? And do, in order to know it, from the inside, it is strongly recommended that they go through seven initiations. And in each initiation, 
they become a creature in the universe, experiencing the universe from the, from that perspective. And so they do this on seven different levels of consciousness. And normally they start at the higher dimensions and work their way down to the lowest. Well, uh, Jesus' lifetime here on planet Earth was the seventh and final initiation. And uh, after his experience here, uh, well, his experience here laid the foundation for the unconditional love uh, that is the foundation of the entire universe. And he came here not to die for our sins, uh, but he came here to teach us who we are so that we could raise our consciousness to the level of the Christ. And that is the foundation for, I believe, the ascension, uh, not only of the planet, but of of humanity. And the things that are being done to help us as human beings uh, to raise our consciousness is mind-boggling in terms of the involvement by higher dimensional space beings, uh, the changes that are coming in, it's altering the DNA of humanity. Um, in the book, uh, I mentioned that for 15 years I've been Santa, and I've, I've met with over 25,000 children over those years, and the change in the children is mind-boggling. And the geneticists have, have determined that the change is a change in DNA, our children are coming in with higher evolved DNA, and the percentage of children over that 15 years has increased from 12 to 15 percent with advanced DNA to over the last several years, it's over 60 percent. So these kids are coming in with higher IQs, many of them coming in with crystal energy, which is very loving, very sensitive, very giving. And Yes, most of them are still children, but a few of them with this crystal energy have reached adulthood. And as more of them move into positions of authority, the world cannot continue the way it's been going because of these people coming here. So that's one of the chapters of the crystal and the indigo children here. So that's a quick summary of what's happening and why it's happening and and to an extent, how it's happening. Does that pose anything in your mind, Cindy? Mm. Well, there's a lot there in what you shared. Um, I'm glad you mentioned the resource that uh, you brought, that information about the the Creator Worlds, the Urantia book. Uh, you and I hosted a workshop on that. It's available on your website. Um and by the way, Carl's website is OurSpiritualAscension.com. Um, so we did a, I think it was maybe a four or six week course on that Urantia book where it talks about the creator worlds and the intention for the earth and so forth. And there's a, a chapters in this book on that. Um, and that's the, you know, the part that really stretched me a lot was that uh, information, but it's it's helpful in a way to be challenged, you know, in your perspective because it allows more 
parts of the self to be integrated because as you're talking about the inner and the outer, you know, to be a, a creator of worlds and then to go and experience that world, this is what quantum physics is telling us. And there's such a, a huge explosion right now of quantum physics into mainstream and um, huge amounts of research going into that. And it's saying the same thing is that, you know, what we're experiencing in the outer world is something we're creating from within our own psyche. And so I'm, I'm really seeing the information you're bringing forward as dovetailing in with the awakening or the ascension process of humanity through a realization of our quantum nature. And to me, that feels more aligned with the soul consciousness that is um, like we're being ensouled and and as we do become more identified with the soul, we see our creatorship more. We recognize it, identify with it, and own it and take responsibility for what we've created. And sometimes we've been creating out of a, a fear-based, ego-separate consciousness, um, and we're seeing that as a destructive force in the world. And now we have an opportunity to create from, like you say, this aspect of us that is a crystal consciousness of a sensitive, more yin-based energy, um, a, you know, a more mature yin-based nurturing energy, which feels like the balance that's needing to return to the world is to reclaim our yin nature, to reintegrate that with our yang nature in a balanced way. Cindy, we're 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 on the same page here. I agree with everything you've said. And something else I'd like to touch on here. In the Gospel of John, Jesus said, Do you not know that you are God? And the eighty second Psalm exa- says exactly the same thing. You are God. And he came here to show us what it means to be God in human form. And people uh can feel that that's blasphemy, but if it is, then that makes Jesus a blasphemer, all right? And I I don't think they would accept that. But I was a Lutheran minister for 13 years, and I outgrew that. And through all of my uh, lifelong experiences as a younger person, as a Lutheran, as a minister, going to seminary, and so on, we knew we had a soul, but nobody ever talked about it. Nobody ever defined it. Nobody ever said what it was. They would, if you brought up the subject, they would say, "Well, that's that's one of the mysteries." They didn't feel that they had the ability to know that. But with uh, drawing on quantum physics, quantum mechanics, uh, and and uh, other sciences, yes, we can know that. And our soul, I'm going to define it as it is an aspect of the Creator. And I believe that the the creation exists on many different levels. We can only experience the creation that is made out of a electro electromagnetic uh, energy. And that's what our bodies are made out of. That's what our five senses can perceive. But according to the astrophysicists, we can only perceive 4% of our universe. 70% is dark energy. 26% is dark matter. That only leaves the 4% that we're aware of. 
There's 94% that we are not aware of. And we have that uh, part of that 94% in us in the form of our soul. And by going within and connecting with our soul, beginning to dialogue with our soul, and beginning to dialogue with the spirit beings working around us, I refer to them as our spirit family. They're guides and angels and higher aspects of our soul and teachers and master teachers, ascended master teachers, and so on. And we all have, all light workers in my experience, have between 25 and 30 uh, spirit beings in their spirit family. And as we merge our consciousness with our soul and with our spirit family, it is miraculous what can be revealed to us because we're then open and ready to hear and perceive. And I started as a Lutheran minister the last two years I was channeling my sermons, which is why I I eventually had to leave because I'm so far beyond Martin Luther and the Lutherans that we, we, we lost our connection basically. But there is a spiritual basis for everything in all of creation. And as we connect with the spirit within us, it allows us to begin connecting with the divas, the nature spirits. It allows us to begin connecting with and communicating with the angels. And it's allowed me for the last 35 years to connect with people who are no longer wearing physical bodies. They've died. And the ones I work with are the ones that are didn't go into heaven. They chose not to. They were afraid primarily, or they were too attached to their family, and they thought if they went into heaven, they would lose that, that, that closeness, which is wrong. So anyway, later on, uh, it may be a year, it may be a hundred years, it may be a thousand years, at, at some point they're going to change their mind and want to go into heaven. And so I'm one of the ones that they come to because they don't know where the entrance is. And I can call in help for them to lead them to the entrance. And I've been doing that for 35 years. And part of my job this lifetime was to help clear out what we call the astral plane, the abode of the dead. The lower section of it has been referred to as purgatory. Okay, And I have to do that each day because... Ortrun, my wife, is a sensitive, and if I haven't done it, she feels them here. (laughs) And it's not a comfortable feeling. So, Carl, have you done a clearing yet? And if I haven't, I I have to sit down and do it right then. And it's been fascinating that it would start out, there might be a dozen or 25 there waiting to be cleared. And now, Cindy, it's in the thousands every day. Oh, my gosh. And much... Much of the astral plane has been cleared out. And in doing that, one of the things that the experience, this happened about five years ago, I would see the tunnel of light that's the entrance to heaven. I would see them going to it and going in and being transformed in the tunnel. Well, one day about five years ago, there were two tunnels. And... I've always been a person I have to understand. So the next day in my meditation, I ask why. And they said, 
The lower part of the astral plane has been removed from the Earth and placed with another Earth-like planet that is in the third and staying in the third dimension. Okay, so now when the people and a person dies and they go to the tunnel, they will only see the tunnel that's appropriate for their level of consciousness. Okay, and I've since been told that the lower aspects of heaven have also been moved to this other planet. And in fact, three or four different times they've said another lower section of, of heaven and of, of the astral plane has been moved to this, this other planet. So the earth is ascending and it's going to house the people whose consciousness is in harmony with the ascending planet. Those that are not will, will continue their life on another Earth-like planet. Now, I don't know whether this is an actual planet or if it's the same planet but on a different timeline. But the the, the, the difference is mute because it would the experience is going to be the same, however it's being done. So, and that's a part of the Earth's ascension. It's not just the Earth, but the astral plane and the heavenly plane are also ascending. All right. Any thoughts on your part here, Cindy? Oh, well, you know, it all makes sense to me from the beginning what you talked about. You know, if anything is ascending, everything's ascending because it's all one. So I love that you exactly. brought in the minerals and the plants and the animals and that. You know, it isn't just humans that are evolving. Every single thing is evolving. And I've had an experience, you know, with that when I relate to um, medicinal herbs or um, things like of that nature where I'm able to understand and communicate with them that because in the past they have been given certain identifications as being good for this and good for that, um, and defined in a specific way what I was receiving in working with um, particular plants is that they're evolving and so not to place a limitation on them based on a previous description or experience humans had with them. So, you know, for example, we might say that um, turmeric is good for inflammation. That is true and as turmeric is evolving, it can also be evolving to have other medicinal properties um, related to consciousness. So this is all, you know, very um, holistic, your approach, which I, I really appreciate. And um, when we're in relationship to things that are evolving, as we know from our own experience, it isn't always easy, so we we can really benefit by having more compassion towards ourselves and every living thing that um, we're all being stretched. Uh, and it seems like, as you mentioned, at an accelerated pace. I, I want to also say everything that you've just mentioned in your last share, you've touched on in your book. So it's like you're speaking right from your current experience of bringing this book forward. Um, I have found this page. I want to read this quote, or it's a, more of a definition here that you have on page 86. 
It says, the soul is a microcosm of our universal creator. And I really love that description of it because, it, as you said, nobody ever talked about soul in um, your church or congregation. It was just sort of um, accepted that we all have one, but we don't really need to explore it or know what it is. But to give it a definition, even though everyone might have their own definition of it, of a microcosm of our universal creator just really opens the door for the infinite within us you know that all that there are infinite possibilities and as quantum research is showing us that whatever we choose to put our attention on we give energy to that one possibility in the infinite entirety of the universe of what could be created in this moment and the waveforms of all other possibilities collapse and the energy from that goes into the one that we're potentiating and you've been someone who's worked deeply and intimately with the subconscious mind and integrating that with the conscious mind and I'd really love for you to bring your experience forward in that because as a person is really reaching in and tapping into their soul the access to the astral or not the astral um, the alpha wavelength of the brain frequency is a doorway into the experience of an intimate connection to the soul and you're somebody who guides people there just like you guide uh, discarnate souls into the tunnel you've guided humans into the doorway into the subconscious through the alpha frequency and you know a lot of people listening might be wondering well this is all good information but how do i actually have a direct relationship and let my soul guide my life and you know it's through a meditative state or somehow accessing that alpha state that we can start to feel the presence of our that aspect of ourself that is soul that is guiding and is the creator potential within us so anything you'd like to share on that uh, integration of conscious and subconscious and alpha brain waves would be i think really useful as a practical thing that people could take from this conversation yes i i want to equate our well, I want to back up a little bit first, Cindy. What it means to be a human being is we're really carrying four different, I call them bodies. You can also look at them as aspects if you're more comfortable. But three of our four bodies are not physical. And in order to fully experience and express themselves in a physical environment, they need a physical body. Our physical body is the vehicle through which our mental body, which is our mind, our emotional body, which is our our feelings, and our soul, which is in essence our spiritual body, all of those are non-physical, need this physical body in order to experience and express in this physical world. At death, what happens is 
the physical body dies because these three non-physical bodies, and together they are called our astral body, when our astral body leaves our physical body, the physical body dies because in and of itself it has no life force. The life force comes from the soul. Okay? Now, in order to access the soul, uh, it's almost impossible to do it using our limited conscious mind, which is is roughly 12 to 15 percent of our mind. Uh, 85 percent of our mind is subconscious and superconscious, and the conscious mind is plays the same role in our mental body as our laptop or desktop computer plays. It has a lot of information. It has a lot of experience. It has a lot of wisdom and knowledge. But if we want, we have questions that it doesn't have, we have to connect with the cloud, which basically contains uh, almost all of the collective knowledge of all computers. All right? Well, how do we connect with the cloud? Well, in a computer, you go through the Internet. With our mental body, we go through our subconscious to connect with the cloud. Okay? And uh, the the cloud is all, in a spiritual sense, the cloud is all of the information in the universe, and we can only access that that is close to our frequency of consciousness. If it's too high, it's not going to make any sense to us. All right, but we can collect, we can connect and get answers to everything that's at or close to our level of consciousness by working through our subconscious. The alpha state is the state that you go through as you're falling asleep or as you're waking up. Uh, as in order to go to go to sleep, two things have to happen. Number one, you have to relax your body basically relaxing the muscles. And secondly, you have to slow your mind down. And when your mind, which is normally functioning at about 22 vibrations per second, when it hits 13 vibrations per second, the subconscious begins to surface. And more and more of it surfaces as the mind slows down. And when it hits seven brain waves per second, the conscious mind clicks off and you're working only out of subconscious. But between 8 and 13 brain waves, you're working out of conscious and subconscious together. Necessary to go to sleep, necessary to wake up, and it's necessary to meditate. And in the meditative state, you may ask questions. And you can direct, please, it's helpful to ask, direct your question to the ones that are most likely to have the best answer. And you can direct it to your soul. You can direct it to your spirit family. Or you can even direct it to divas, nature spirits, within your own body. There are divas attached to all of the major organs and virtually to every part of the body. And if you're having problems with something in your body, Talk to the divas. They're the frontline troops. They're the ones that can answer the prayer and make the changes you want. And if you're dealing with weather, talk to the air divas. All right? And one of the experiences I talk about 
in this book is slowing down a major hurricane. Not that I did it, but I was certainly involved in it, all right? And it, it's just an indication of the power that we have working with our subconscious mind and dealing with the spirit realm. Now, people tell me, and, and I, I believe this, I walk in two worlds. I live in two worlds. And I find that by combining the physical world and the spirit world together, I can do things that I can't do if I were living in just one world or the other. Our potential is increased exponentially. And I believe personally that that's what Jesus did, and that's how he was able to do the miracles. And he said, everything that I can do, you can do too, and even greater. And that's how we do it, by connecting with our, our total mind and, and drawing on the resources of the spirit realm, particularly our soul and spirit family. Yeah, thank you. It really brings something home to reference for me within myself as you're speaking. I feel things lining up, and that is like the essence of the Tao is the balance of the yin and the yang. And I I see as you're speaking, um, and I've seen this before with the psyche, with the conscious mind, being the yang and the subconscious, the yin, and that's just a, my own personal kind of take on it, that when you go in the alpha state, you bring a harmony between the yin and the yang. And then there are times where you're in beta mind and you bring more yang forward, and that's necessary. And it's, you know, at certain times of the day as we revolve um, through cycles and so forth, there's times of the day where we're more yang and less yin, and then there's times of the day where we're more yin and less yang, and there can be this um, movement through the balance of yin and yang and the relationship between subconscious and conscious that is like the Tao, like the the I Ching, you know, the, the natural movement and changes. And if we're in flow and harmony with that, you know, creation happens naturally in the direction of expansion and goes through its cycles of contraction and expansion, but it doesn't get stuck on, you know, the um, fixation of trying to control something. We sometimes, or being attached to something, we get st- things get sticky and we end up somewhere too long and not in another space long enough to, to be in balance and see the holistic picture of things. So I like what you're bringing in here about this... Um, this alpha state, I don't know that I made the connection before that when we're in alpha, we're operating out of both conscious and subconscious equally. So this was a piece for me that was really helpful. Okay, Cindy, this is important because in the alpha state, our our mental potential is is approaching 100%. When we're working just out of the the conscious mind, our potential is 12, 15%. And and when we're asleep, our our potential is you know like eighty five percent or up to eighty five percent. Okay, so you, you you might ask you know where are we really real? You know, asleep or awake, and the answer is both because we need both. Yeah. But some, right. something else I'd like to touch on here: we're going through this this ascension, 
And I have to qualify this by saying evolution is not a gradually uh, increasing straight line. Uh, the uh, evolutionists have now found that things can plateau for ex various lengths of period of time, that all of a sudden it's like a staircase. You hit the vertical part of the staircase, and you have a lot of change happening in a short period of time. And that's what we're, we're going through right now. We're in the vertical part of the staircase. And, and in a matter of, I'm going to say perhaps... Um, well, roughly 150 years, because that's the, 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 num the length of time it takes to make a complete shift from, like, the Piscean Age to the Aquarian Age. And the, we started hitting the outskirts of the Aquarian Age back in the mid-30s, and it won't be completed. That's the 1930s. It won't be completed until about 2000, the mid-2080s, okay? We're more than halfway through it now. Uh, 2012 was the midpoint. But as uh, so, let's say that this vertical part is roughly 150 years. But right now, we're we're really going almost straight up. It's so much is happening so so fast. And one of the things there was a channeling that came through earlier this month from the Palladians, and they're they're the ninth dimensional Palladians, and. The month, this month of March, 2019, is going to be a transformative month in the the the, the number of waves of higher frequency energy are increasing in terms of the number of waves and the intensity of the waves. The intensity is building up. And it's going to be peaking, according to this channeling, around the 20th to the 21st of March, right at the spring equinox, which is also at a full moon. And I don't think those are coincidences that it's just, I think this has all been carefully planned, okay? And we are, all of the people that I know, particularly the light workers, are going through what they call ascension symptoms. I'm sure all of you are familiar with that. They're unexplained aches, pains, uh, oddities going on within our physical body. It can affect our mental body. It can affect our emotional body. And there's no medical reason for it. And we're having to adjust physically, mentally, emotionally, and I have to say even spiritually, to these higher uh, frequency energies that are coming into the earth that are helping the earth to raise in consciousness and that are helping all life forms on the earth to raise in consciousness. And honor your yourself, love yourself, uh, understand what's happening, and Please give your body what it seems to need. If it's rest, give it rest. If it's nutrition, give it nutrition. But support your body, all of your bodies, all three of your bodies, all four of your bodies, as you're going through this transition. And to me, it's also important, in order to go through this transition as smoothly and quickly as possible, it's important to keep yourself in balance. 
mentally, uh, emotionally, spiritually, uh, even psychically, and certainly physically, it's also important to keep your chakras and energy centers in all of your bodies open and clear and functioning at the highest possible frequencies. Now, please understand that the spirit realm is not allowed to interfere with us. And they're not allowed to help unless you ask. If you ask, then they're not interfering. And they are glad to help. They get a lot of pleasure out of being of help to us. And as you're going through this ascension process, talk to your spirit family, talk to your soul, talk to the divas, talk to the angels, talk to whoever you think might be able to help you to go through quickly and smoothly what you're going through. And one thing I ask for almost on a daily basis, please help me to open as wide as possible all chakras and all energy centers in my physical body, my mental body, my emotional body, my spiritual body. And please help me to keep these chakras and energy centers at the highest possible frequencies. If there are any blockages, please help me to remove them, place them in a bubble of light where they are transformed into their their opposite positive aspect and then reimplanted exactly where they came from. Okay? And that does make it easier. That does make it faster. It does make it quicker and uh, it minimizes the discomfort. Any thoughts on that, Cindy? Mm. Well, uh, thank you for clarifying that at the end because when you said open all chakras and, you know, I just think of people that are already sensitive and overloaded that that might be a little bit of uh, intimidating to have a, you know, intention to open wider to um receive more if you're already overwhelmed and your nervous system is already overloaded with information. So I think that there's a balance in that, too, that sometimes if we're, our bodies are so intelligent as instruments of divine um, technology, if you will, they're just so, like, um, operating on you know these autonomic systems that we aren't even conscious of that Sometimes our body, you know, might close down our solar plexus if we're in an environment where it needs to do that for the Cindy, health can of I, our can, system. Can I interrupt yeah. here a minute? Thank you. There's there's a very very important thing I forgot to say. Before I do that, I ask my spirit family and my soul to to build a very strong, powerful bubble of white light around me and to fill that bubble and me with their loving, peaceful, joyful energy and to only allow to to penetrate that bubble what is for my highest good. It it is vitally important as we're going through not only this ascension process, but I think every day of our life to ask our spirit world to keep us protected Okay, because not all spirit beings are positive, all right? Yeah, yeah, and I love that you are 
bringing this in because it's really speaking again that we have to keep weaving this into, you know, the the incoming perspective of what's replacing the old is the quantum reality, and that is to be the creator of your experience. So as you are doing you're sharing your process of creating a bubble, filling with light. This is what you're creating, your intention. You're you're working the the internal reality and projecting it out ter- externally because this is what you're wanting to create, this experience for yourself. So you're taking ownership of your creatorship. So this is an example of what people can do and then also giving people creative freedom to trust their own intuitive guidance and uh, go with whatever they're inspired in their process of dropping into this internal alpha state, creative state, uh, and maybe they're guided to do it in a little bit different way and to play with that, try that on and project that out and step into that projection and experience that and learn again through the trial and error of what we're creating internally and projecting externally and this feedback loop of, you know, mastering our minds and our attention and our focus to create experiences that we want in the world, as you say, not just for our own benefit, but for the benefit of all. So this feels like, you know, um, a big step in the right direction of moving from kind of an adolescent species to an adult species is taking on more responsibility for our actions and um, learning more about our capacity as a contributor to society because we're always contributing. Sometimes we might be contributing a lower dissonant frequency and um, the objective would be to create a harmonious frequency and and that our, our aura, whatever is vibrating in our field, is our gift to the community that we live in and greater, you know, as it expands out into society and beyond into the culture um, I'm wanting to go back to something you said a little bit ago about um, the spiral of evolution and the acceleration of time and information because I had a hit um, while reading this book about in, in 2012 the solstice the winter solstice in the northern hemisphere on the December 21st, 2012, and the Mayan calendar connection. And I think you and I, back in 2012, had conversations about this. But I know astrologically things happen in seven-year cycles, so that would mean that in 2019 we would be hitting another seven-year cycle on the solstice in December. And as we look at the diagram of the Mayan calendar and it's the pyramid that keeps going up and up and every time you go up another level, things accelerate exponentially. And we're seeing and feeling that in our world and the message that you're speaking about that went out about the event for this upcoming equinox this month, March 20th, is all about the rollout of uh, what's called a sovereign integral network and an opening of a grand portal um, with this super moon on the galactic center. So it's everything's pointing to more information faster coming at us and more networks being laid down to support this. And, you know, simultaneously we have a 5G network rolling out in, this year. Um, 
that is supporting an infrastructure on a physical dimension with satellites going up in the air. It's all showing us that more information is coming at us faster than ever. And so, as you say, taking good care of our bodies to be able to um, hold the circuitry that can support that is important. But also for me, I'm noticing that just like when we get really intimate with our body and we learn about our diet and what works for our body and what doesn't, we start to eliminate foods that don't work for us or aren't as nutritious or fortifying. Um, I feel like we need to go on an information diet um, knowing more more is coming at us faster to get really clear about what our role is and and what specific information we are aligning with and bringing forward um, related to what we're contributing so that we're not overwhelmed by too much information, but we're selective in um, what we're tuning into so that we can handle this increase and, um, and, be gentle on our bodies and our nervous systems. And then the last thing I want to say about that relationship to this whole maybe another notch up in the Mayan calendar um, sequence is that when I look ahead at um, December of 2019, there is um, something that I see through the lens of my training and um, a combination of astrology and other systems, a big opening um, on Christmas, uh, a solar eclipse, and it's going to be directly impacting the pineal gland. And so we could say, you know, your book talks about Christ consciousness, and um, I feel like with this solar eclipse on Christmas Day, that this um, being close to the December 21st date and that also that solstice, that there could be a big influx of uh, what we could call Christ consciousness because it is around Christmas or um, in the language that I work with with these systems, it's called the Holy of Holies where the pineal gland opens up in a way that it's receptive to information that... um, comes from these uh, dimensions that are far beyond um, what we've known before. So it reminds me of Carl Sagan's quote, somewhere something incredible is waiting to be known. And to me, it brings me into, from a grounded perspective, the statement that we've heard over and over that we are the ones we've been looking for and it's inside of us, you know, that we are it. Um, And when we harness our quantum capacity and become, as you talked about in the beginning, uh, the creator gods of our own micro-universe, we step into this capacity of compassion that we wouldn't want to create anything other than beauty and love and peace and something that would be beneficial for all. So that's my sense in what I'm tracking and uh, what I'm wanting to share right now. 
Cindy, thanks for sharing about the uh, uh, December of last year. Do you know what transpired over that that uh, solstice? No, it's this coming 2019. It's no, okay, I want to. I want to. Okay, I'm talking about the last one. This is the event oh, that know. happened. Okay. okay, the Earth crossed the Earth. The planet Earth crossed the line. It moved out of the highest level of the third dimensional. Uh, uh, and into the lowest level of the fourth dimension. That was last December. And it was the, the, the spirit of the people at Christmas time, just the loving, the, the joyful, the giving, the generous spirit of people that, that helped the earth move uh, to cross that line. Now, if that's what happened last December, what can you imagine what might be happening this December? Yeah. Well, it's funny because um, right on the cusp of Christmas Eve, you know, not Christmas Eve, but the Christmas night, and as it turns into the following day, the 26th, is when um, the sun will be in the space on the the great wheel of time as it um is we could call it an astrological wheel um it will align with what in the i ching is called a hexagram and the hexagram that christmas is um falling on and generally does every year is called the joyous and it's um to it's about the depth of being calm. It's a very calming energy. It's a very present and deep energy. And to me, it's like when the soul descends into the body and you have this sense of the a presence of something divine inhabiting your space, not only outside, like coming into your meditation room and surrounding you, but from the inside out. What this is what my spirit family is telling me. Uh, the last winter solstice, it was an elevation of the planet. This coming uh, Christmas solstice, it's going to be the elevation of the collective consciousness of the human race. They're going to take a step upward. And right now there are a, an increasing number of people that are functioning very little in the third dimension, functioning primarily in the fourth dimension, but also functioning 30 to 40% of their awake time in the fifth dimension. And I think that that... Uh, the collective consciousness may then, and this is the consciousness of all of humanity on the planet, will then leave the third dimension and enter the fourth dimension. And we now have enough people functioning primarily in the fourth and fifth dimensions, and they have a lot more influence on the collective human consciousness than those functioning at the low end or 
or in even at the middle of the third dimension. So, and it's the collective consciousness of all of humanity that is a determining factor when certain things are going to be happening in terms of the ascension process. So that could mean that we're now ready for some things that are even more beautiful, more magnificent, more powerful that will that can happen uh, in the coming year of 2020 because of the transition we'll be going through in this coming December. Mm-hmm. How does that How does yeah. that sound to you? Well, it brings up a, que- a invitation. I was going to say a question, but more of an invitation because I think there's more here. And I want to invite and tease that out of you by really reading the title of your book again and saying, you know, Carl's book is called Earth's Ascension, Nibiru and the Spirit Realm. And we haven't talked about Nibiru yet. And this might give us a little clue into kind of what you're pointing at with your question about, um, because in your book you talk about Nibiru being a six-dimensional uh, energy and its relationship to the inner earth and the six-dimensional race at the inner earth and how this coming, you know, of Nibiru transiting close to earth during, I think it's this year or 2019-2020, something you'll have to specify, but that it's uh, going to have an impact not only on us physically because of the magnetic pull of such a, a large uh, celestial body moving through our orbit, but also um, on the a pull on the consciousness because of its six-dimensional uh, frequency. Okay, Cindy, um all of the channel information refers to Nibiru as it was when it went through our solar system 3,600 years ago. And the record of that passage is recorded as the story of Noah in the Bible. And also that uh, similar stories are recorded around the planet by the indigenous people and who had uh, uh, similar but yet different experiences from Nibiru's passage. And it was traumatic for the planet. And when Nibiru went through back 3,600 years ago, it, it was likely a, a, a fifth-dimensional planet. And the channelings that I've been given personally are that Nibiru is on the ascension path too. And now 3,600 years later, it's 65% in the sixth dimension. Now, the sixth dimension is beyond the physical realm. It's From our perspective, it would be uh, pure energy. But it's still 35% in the fifth dimension, so there is some density there. But it's not nearly as dense as the Earth. And though it's, it's four to five times larger than the Earth in size, because its density is... Uh, roughly just uh, one-third of uh, what it was last time, the gravitational effect is going to be not nearly as great as it was last time. And that gravitational effect in 3,600 years ago caused tidal waves of five and 600 feet, which would inundate you know, all areas uh, that border the oceans 
that are at a lower elevation than that. And that, and right now, that's where 50% of the world's population lives, are, are in those lands, okay? So it would, would have been absolutely devastating. But because if the channeling information that I've gotten is correct, it's not going to be nearly as bad as it was last time because it does not have the gravitational pull. But this changing or this raising of, of uh, frequency of Nibiru does not necessarily change its electromagnetic field. Now, I don't know if most people are perhaps not aware of this, but the, the Earth puts on an electromagnetic field from the North Pole. It goes out and like a, a, a circular umbrella, it goes out several hundred thousand miles. It circles around the Earth and comes back in at the South Pole. And we call it the Schumann Resonance because that's the name of the scientist that discovered it and designed the, the equipment to measure its frequencies. Well, since 1987, the Schumann Resonance has increased from a steady 7.8 hertz and in December, it touched uh, touched at 76 hertz. It's increasing at an ever-increasing rate of speed, okay? And Nibiru has a similar field, only it's much larger than the Earth because it's a larger planet. And its, it's electronic or its uh, electromagnetic field is already impacting the Earth. The channel information tells us that the Nibiru's North Pole is pointed at our North Pole. Now, they repulse each other, okay? Uh, our North Pole, or our planet being smaller and having the smaller uh, field, electromagnetic field around it, our North Pole is trying to wiggle to get away from the direct uh, contact with Nibiru's North Pole and the Earth in its daily rotation, instead of the axis, the axis of the Earth being stable in its rotation, the axis at both North and South Pole are now each day making a figure eight. And as it gets closer, the figure eights tend to be getting bigger because that electromagnetic field from Nibiru is getting stronger. All right, well, if you can imagine the currents in the ocean with the earth, the earth wobbling twice a day, all right, um, it causes the oceans to slosh, changing the ocean currents, which is dramatically affecting our weather. We've got not only planetary warming going on because of this, but also planetary cooling going on simultaneously, which means in the, the heats are higher and the, the colds are colder. And we're certainly experiencing that this winter in both the North and South Hemisphere. Okay? So it's going to be a, a, a somewhat, I don't want to say traumatic, but it's going to be a, a very, very significant event as Nibiru makes its closest pass to the Earth. And I understand that According to the Russian astronomers, who are the only ones that are reporting on Nibiru, it'll be about February of uh, 2022. But as it gets closer, its effects we're are going to be more and more felt here on the Earth, particularly in weather, but also in, in uh, 
electronic equipment, okay? Because the whole electronic field that encircles the earth is being disrupted. Mm. Well, as you're speaking, <laughs> it's so funny how um, I'm seeing this metaphorically, like how I'm experiencing my subconscious mind having an impact on my conscious mind, like, you know, Nibiru being the subconscious because it's much larger and more um, etheric and uh, nebulous and the way it's impacting, what you know, uh, my conscious mind, which is more logical, structured. It's sort of like this dance that's happening between Nibiru and the Earth, like <laughs> Nibiru passing through the orbit of the earth is kind of shaking things up and changing the structure and that's what it feels like is happening as um, I'm being more ensouled and more conscious and more identified with soul that the impact that the subconscious is having on my conscious mind is the mechanistic worldview I've had before is getting rattled and the structures through which I've perceived reality are being shifted so that I um, can, ex- so the experience of my soul, uh, represented by subconscious, um, can come through with greater bandwidth and freedom, um, creative freedom to express through this instrument into the world. And um, it's just really kind of fun to lay that symbolic image on my experience and see it through a little bit different lens. Cindy, thanks for sharing that. I I know that Nibiru is to play a role in our ascension, and you just helped me figure out what it is. It's going to change the balance between the conscious and subconscious minds. It's also going to uh, help us raise in consciousness as, as a human race. It is a catalyst, if you will, to in the ascension process. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. Well, Carl, we're coming to the end of our time together. It's been just another yummy journey. I've always said, you know, conversations should feel like an adventure, and this surely has. So I hope everyone listening has had the same experience and delight and uh, I want to direct you once again to Carl's website. It's OurSpiritualAscension.com. And you can order his book on the website, his new book. It just came out. I just got my copy and just had a really fun experience yesterday. I met with a friend at the beach, and we were having this great conversation. And I was talking about soul, but I didn't really have a definition for it. And uh came home and wanted to finish the book for our interview today and then read that description that I read to you about soul. And it was like, this is how the quantum works. You know, this, you're having a conversation, you bring up these um, ideas, and then later the um, the quantum reflects back to you your answer through some kind of a medium. And I'm having this happen often, and it's been really delightful and playful and it's helpful because it helps you also see where you're creating what you don't necessarily want but out of a an unconscious habit so you mentioned in your book too that not only is the subconscious full of potential and creativity but it's also full of 
learned behaviors and patterns that aren't necessarily serving us anymore. And so it's really excellent to um, not only go on a kind of an information diet in terms of getting selective about what we're choosing to take in, but also to, you know, allow those hidden patterns in the subconscious that are creating interference in your creative freedom and um, ownership of your your own potential to become a, and be seen and um, faced and then choosing again by creating something differently. And I feel like your book is really a fantastic invitation for that. You provide all the tools, um, the resources, the explanations and the perspectives that can help a person really um, set foot on this trail with eyes wide open rather than, you know, sometimes we get thrown into experiences of awakening where we're not conscious of what's happening and we feel victimized by it. But with what you've put out in this book, Carl, I feel like you've really laid out a a foundation for people to enter an ascension process and stay awake during the process, which I have found is a completely different experience um, when we're being awakened and we're conscious of it versus when we're being awakened and we're not conscious of it. You know, we don't have to fall into victimhood. We understand what's happening and we're not trying to control it as much. Of course, we still will, but we're acquiescing more and more to trust and allowing and then having more compassion and being gentle with ourselves and our beautiful creature bodies that are um, providing the vehicle for this experience for the soul. So I thank you for writing this book, and I appreciate that you've allowed me to host you in this conversation and bring more of your wisdom forward and the, the strength and power and energy of your voice And everything that you're doing with the children just really brings a smile to my heart. And um, I can imagine how much fun that would be to dress up as Santa and have these these children sit in your lap and just look into their eyes and see the new emerging, you know, as humanity is truly coming online to its potential. Cindy, I I enjoy being Santa more than anything I've ever done in my life. It's... and these be- and the beautiful energy of these children. Hey, uh, just if I could also put in, if they can also order the book if they want through Lulu. That's l u l u dot com. And and they can uh, from Lulu they can also get it as an ebook rather than a paper book. Okay, and they mm-hmm. can also order it from um, Amazon dot com. But I would prefer if they order it from us or, or Lulu. That uh, it's a little bit better for us. Okay, <laughs> but they'll, either way they'll get it. And and if they, uh, yeah, if they get it from us, they will get a, an autographed copy. So that's an advantage there too. So plus yes, a little gift. Yes, I have. Yes. So again, the website is ourspiritualascension.com. And then you'll see Carl's face, and you'll know why they choose him to be Santa, <laughs> the joyous one. See, and you can hear the laugh. It's, it's 
authentic, <laughs> straight from the North Pole. <laughs> <laughs> well, Cindy, I very much appreciate the opportunity to to talk with you and to talk with your people and to to present this this you know the book to them. So thank you for your help. And thank you and Orchard both for being big supporters of the Wind Network all these years and uh, just, yeah, continually staying in touch with what we're tracking is helpful to have those reflections in our life to, you know, help us understand that we're not alone and when there's other people that are tracking these subtle dimensions um, and, you know, helping people who need the help in integrating it so yeah, you're a real treasure, and um, yeah, I'm grateful and, and grateful to everybody who's tuning in. Thank you for your time and attention. We know that there's an infinite number of ways you could spend your time, and that you spent your time listening all the way through to this. The end of this conversation means a lot, so thank you. And bye for now. We'll do this again. Um, I'm sure. Maybe after the the big event, uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll come together and compare notes again, Carl. If you're if you're interested, oh. you can reach okay, out. Okay, Cindy. Me know. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Um, uh, All right. Uh, Orkin's got something here. If your broadcast is over now. Hi, Cindy. How are you? 